My name is Melinda Shekels, and I'm the editor-in-chief of a publishing company in Las Vegas called Window Media, and we not only publish magazines and websites, we also, um, you know, run a bunch of different events, the music festival called Life is Beautiful, and have our hand in a lot of different parts of uh, the media landscape here in Las Vegas, and I've been with the company for about seven years. And my um, main focus is um, writing and editing and doing a lot of the, um, I do a lot of like community ambassador work, um, dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, high pro- interviewing a lot of high profile people in Las Vegas, and then and sometimes getting to uh, travel to do the same as well. So that is what led me to uh, Macau. Great. Well, I think our audience um, are, I, I, I don't think I'm uh, speaking out of school by saying they're a fairly self-described set of uh, Vegas Uber nerds. So uh, I'm sure as you were reciting your uh, your um, responsibilities there, they were nodding their, their collective heads. Um, <laughs> but let, let's talk about Macau. Macau is of particular interest to me personally right now because uh, – Myself and and Chuck, one of the one of the co-hosts here, we're actually going to Macau. It'll be my first time uh, at the end of June. Chuck's Chuck's been before, but it'll be a first time for me. So I'm pretty excited about it. Was this the first time that you had been to Macau, or have you been before in the past? No, this was actually my first time. And in the nine years that I've lived in Las Vegas and covered Las Vegas hospitality and dining and entertainment, Macau has always been this you know, very interesting sort of, uh, you know, foreign sister and, um, you know, elusive sister trying to figure out what goes on over there and how is it like us? How is it different? Um, you know, so those things have always been uh, burning questions in my head and I have never been before. Awesome. Well, then you, your experiences, I think, will be especially uh, illuminating for me. So as I've been to Las Vegas, I, don't, I live in Southern California, but I've been to Las Vegas more times than I can count. So I, I consider myself very familiar with, with Las Vegas. What, how, how, what was your initial impression when you arrived in Macau? I don't know. How, how, how did it compare to what you were expecting? And if it was different, how was it different? Okay, so Macau is incredibly opulent. And when I say Macau, there's really two parts of Macau to kind of define. So you have Kotai, which is the new, you know, the new sexy um, part with all the integrated resorts. And then there's kind of like old Macau, which is a lot like downtown Las Vegas. So you've got like two of those kind of opposing factors going on. So when I arrived, I actually flew into Macau from Taipei. A lot of people take the ferry from Hong Kong, but my first introduction to Macau was was in the airport. Um, and, you know, coming into the city and then arriving at Studio City, which is the newest resort in Macau, um, I was completely just struck by the level of opulence um, in terms of chandeliers and fabrics and design and, you know, the, the porte-cochere um, the, the, the expansiveness of, of the property, um, you know, when you walk into that entry, entry point and the check-in desk, and it, was, it, was, uh, it was really a, an interesting experience. It wasn't what I was expecting at all. What were, what were you expecting? Well, I was kind of expecting Atlantic City, to be perfectly honest. Um, from what I had heard, um, and I heard 
so many different things from so many people in preparation for this trip. One of the comparisons that I had heard was Atlantic City. And having been to Atlantic City, actually, um, to visit the Rebel property back in 2012, mm-hmm. I think it was, um, you know, Atlantic City is uh, not like Vegas at all um, in a lot of ways. And I was kind of expecting that. I was expecting something a little bit more run down. I was expecting something not on the scale of opulence or grandeur. Um, and that, in fact, what I found was something that far exceeded Vegas opulence. Really? Fascinating. Did you have a chance, I I don't know how long you were there or or what your uh, activities were like, but did you have a chance to uh, to visit multiple hotels and anything in particular that that, uh, stands out that you think is worth worth sharing? Yeah, I actually spent time at um, uh, three different hotels. So when I travel, because I'm a journalist, and I usually like to experience different types of properties and hospitality. I usually book in multiple locations. So um, I spent two nights at Studio City, which is um, Melco Crown, and that's a partnership between Lawrence Ho and James Packer. And that, as I said, is the newest casino, integrated casino resort in Macau. Um, I spent two nights there. I spent one night at the Galaxy which is also another integrated resort casino, but it actually has a number of different hotel brands within the complex. So they have a Ritz-Carlton, and they also have an international hotel brand called the Banyan Tree. And I spent one night inside the Banyan Tree at Galaxy, and then I spent two nights at Wynn for the Vegas perspective to kind of see what that parallel is like. So, um, yeah, I visited a few different properties, and they were all very different. Um, Wynn is in uh, Macau proper, so it's not on Kotai. Obviously, there is a new Wynn property that's going to open on Kotai, but the the existing Wynn resort has been open for many years, and it's in the old, kind of the old town Macau. Um, And each was very different. Each was aimed at a very different customer. Um, and each had a number of different types of, you know, entertainment dining options available. Chuck, I know that, Chuck, you were considering the Banyan Tree uh, for one of your nights when we're in town. Did you, I don't know if you pulled the trigger on that or, uh, or if um, you have any questions about that, but that was one of the things that we were talking about on one of our last well, shows. I have not pulled the trigger yet. I've been watching the uh, the rates go down like day by day by day. They're they're ticking down, so I'm still waiting. But I'm gonna ask. I'd like to ask Melinda. Did you stay in the Kotai Suite, the one with the swimming pool inside of it? Yes, I did, and it was so fabulous. I have never stayed in a lot of luxury hotels because that's one of the things that I write about quite frequently. And I had this was the first time that I had seen that they had a pool on offer in most of their suites. It was really fabulous and just very comfortable. Um, they have an incense menu that you can pick your incense um, that you you know for your room. They have you know a really elaborate pillow menu. Um, the shower was phenomenal um the bath products were great it's all the, all the good stuff that the girls like were were it was pretty fabulous did you enjoy the wooden tub yes oh my gosh of course i had to get in there um yeah it's yeah. like being in a i always think it's like being in a cauldron like i mean you know um <laughs> <laughs> again being boiled and there's a witch stirring me up you know i always think i always yeah. laugh um yeah i loved the wooden tub 
I'm, I have one other question about Galaxy. How long does it take? The thing that, that, that blew me away when I was in Macau, and I, I was last there in 2007, so it was shortly after the Venetian and Wynn had just opened and uh, Crown had just opened, which is now Altira in Taipa. Uh, yes. And the thing that struck me when I walked into the Venetian was just looking all the way back to the back of the hotel, as far as the eye can see, it's so huge that you can see the curvature of the earth. Yeah. So, and, 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 I, and I spent a day once walking around Kotai just trying to do the circumference of it, and I actually ran out of gas and had to go back to the hotel room because of the temperature. So what I'm curious about is Galaxy. Can you give, give a some kind of... Uh, uh, description of the scale of this property. Yeah, um, that is is a very difficult thing to do, but yeah, I will tell you that it took me almost, I would say, well, well, more, well, more over an hour to walk around the entire circumference of the building. Um, it it and and you know I was at a you know I was at a pretty slow pace because I was looking at stores and everything, but we did try to walk the entire perimeter and it took over an hour. So it was, um, it's massive, absolutely massive. Um, I'd say that it's bigger, it's bigger than studio, sorry, than City of Dreams and bigger than Studio City. I'm not sure it might be on par in terms of size-wise with the Venetian, the actual Venetian proper. Um, It looks that way to me to the eye. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a track around that place. And they just recently opened, um, the Ritz-Carlton part of the tower with the Ritz-Carlton. Um, so that was a new addition. That was like, I think it was either there, no, it was phase two. So they had phase one, which opened, I believe, in 2011, and then phase two just opened in 2015. Yeah. Awesome. I'm curious about when wins on my list. Uh, actually it's going to be the first place, um, I end up when we arrive. Uh, how does it compare to, for folks that have spent time at Win Las Vegas or Encore, uh, Win Macau and Encore Macau, uh, how, how does that complex compare to what people are used to in Las Vegas? Um, you know, it's, your casinos, um, are going to be much more heavily, uh, populated. The, the thing that really struck me was the the amount of activity in the casino, um, and how deep the tables go, and how many people are gambling. Um, that is a shocking thing coming from a Vegas casino, where a lot of times people are strolling, or you know, there's definitely ebbs and flows. There's a pretty consistent stream of gambling going on, and deep the tables are deep. Um, and people carrying around large, you know, it was really funny. Someone pointed out to me, um, you know, a lot of the men carry like satchels mm-hmm. and apparently they're filled, they're filled with money. Um, <laughs> there was all, all the men were wearing purses and we're like, why is everyone wearing a purse? And, <laughs> and they're, cause they're filled with money. Um, so, you know, the encore, the encore property, um, is obviously the newer addition to win. Um, the rooms were absolutely stunning, and they also have a kind of a tower suite product as well. So they they've replicated that a bit. Um, some of you know the interesting thing is with Win, they have brought over a lot of their same restaurant brands. 
Um, so you you have um, a wing lay. Uh, you have a Mizumi. So you're going to have, if you're familiar with the Vegas offerings that went in Encore, you're going to have those same offerings, some of the same offerings in Macau. Right. That, that's a good segue to asking about food because it's one of the things, as Ch- as Chuck and I have been talking about, the the stuff that we don't want to miss and and uh, how we're going to plan out some of this trip. Um, food is one of those things that... Uh, We've talked about, but we haven't um, gotten too far along. Any restaurants in particular or meals in particular that really stood out that were uh, something exceptional or just interesting that you would recommend to other folks? Yes. You know, in fact, and, and going back again to Wynn, um, El Teatro at Wynn is a beautiful experience, and it's on their exhibition lake. So they have a water feature kind of lake that performs a show, kind of a similar, very smaller scale Bellagio type water feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a restaurant, their Italian restaurant is called Il Teatro, um, and that overlooks the lake. Also, their Mizumi has something I had never seen before, and that is a tempura bar. So it's huh. actually where the tempura chefs, as you would with a sushi bar, they make tempura in front of you. And I thought that was a really unique dining experience. I think it would go over really well in the States, and I'm surprised someone hasn't brought it here yet. Um, and in terms of, uh, there, like, for example, at Studio City, there's an Il Molino. Uh, so they'll see, you know, Caesars here, and then, of course, in New York, mm-hmm. Il Molino is a very popular Italian restaurant brand, and they have one, they've just put one in at Studio City. Another one of my favorite places that you guys have in Southern California, you're so lucky that we don't have here in Vegas, is Din Tae Fung. And there's two Din Tae Fungs in Macau. Um, and then also, too, just in terms of Galaxy's restaurant offerings, there's a lot of very um, interesting Michelin-rated properties there. So Macau boasts an incredible collection of Michelin-rated restaurants. So you must investigate the list before you go. Um, and they, a lot of times people, they told me, will come over from Hong Kong and mm-hmm. go to Macau because they have some sister restaurants that are also Michelin-rated, and they can get into them easier in Macau. Interesting. Yes, I have my Michelin guide right here. So, <laughs> Okay, good. Um, there is a restaurant at Galaxy. It's an Italian restaurant. Its name is escaping me right now, um, but it was a superb experience, and it's a two Michelin star. Um, awesome. So I will have to give – I'll give you that name later. Awesome. I can't remember what it was called, but it was so good. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that we went to. I mean, it was just – it was really memorable meal after memorable meal. Um, it was really an, an incredible culinary experience all the way around. I'm excited. I can't wait. I love to eat food, so I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, as a as an American traveling in Macau, how did you find that experience? I don't know if you if you speak Chinese or, or not, but uh, what was that like? Well, you know, I found it actually to be quite easy. I mean, there was a tremendous amount of Americans uh, there, so that you know is a is a big distinguishing factor. Um, I found from my perspective, though, that it was easy within the resort, that a lot of the resort staff were from many other places, you know, an extremely international collection of resort staff. And a lot of them had even worked in or, or been to Las Vegas. Um, I had a tour guide uh, in, 
in Macau that took me to the old city who lived in Las Vegas for three years and worked at Mandalay Bay and casino <laughs> marketing. So, but she's Macanese, you know. So much like Las Vegas, it's an international kind of workforce, uh-huh. and um, they're very, very welcoming. So it has all of those factors of a hospitality sound. And it was quite accommodating for a Western tourist, um, you know, from my perspective and from, from a woman as well. You know, I, I found it to be, um, I didn't, there wasn't any negative experiences that I had anywhere. That's excellent. Um, I, I think I've got one more question I wanted to ask. And uh, I don't know if my, if my colleagues have anything they want to insert as well. But I, I would love, to, before, we, before we let you go, I'd love to hear if there are if there are any, if there's anything in particular that you would recommend people not miss, whether it's something to see or some sort of experience, um, just stuff that uh, rises to the top in your memory as far as things that were just really, really notable. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to take a visit to the old town in Macau and to see, um, you know, obviously Macau has a tremendous Portuguese influence. It was a, you know, the last colony of Portugal. For about 400 years, in fact, it was a colony of Portugal. And there is just a beautiful kind of old world look through the city. Um, there's some very interesting landmarks there. Um, there, you know, it, it's a really a unique destination in Asia for that reason. And the food has a wonderful Portuguese influence, too. So you should definitely kind of break away from some of those resorts and check out the wharf area. There's some very notable Portuguese restaurants there. Um, you know, one really interesting thing for me, um, I would, I also like found it very interesting in terms of the culture coming from Las Vegas. You know, I was expecting a lot of bars, um, you know, so a big part of what we do here now in this town is we sell liquor. Right. Um, right. And, and while the Chinese love to drink, they do love to drink as much as Americans do. It's not, a part of the gaming culture, actually, when you're gaming, um, you know, it's very removed mm-hmm. from that because gaming there is very much a business for a person that's playing. You know, they're very serious about it. Right. So one thing I was a little, you know, looking, I was looking for more bars and more places to kind of hang out, but I was very surprised at the new Ritz Carlton that just opened there inside Galaxy. There's a wonderful cocktail bar at the top. Um, and uh, a fantastic mixologist there as well. And she just made the most amazing Bloody Marys ever. So, uh, And she has a gin cart, too. There's a gin cart. So if you're a gin fan, you really love that. So that was definitely a highlight for me. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Dave, Charles, anything you want to add before we, uh, we let our guest go? I've got a question. Besides the tempura bar, what else do you think you would see in Las Vegas that you saw in Macau? Oh, that's a really good, really good question, Dave. What would we see in Las Vegas in Macau? You know, there's this wonderful dessert that they do a lot there. I know I'm always thinking about food, so you guys have to <laughs> forgive me. Um, and actually, I've heard it's coming to New York. So they're, they're called, um, they're, they're round waffles. It's called an egg and they, they really started there in, like, Hong Kong and Macau, and so it's a waffle that they make on the street, and then they fill it with, like, ice cream or chocolate, and it's kind of like a crepe, but it's puffy, 
And I think that someone needs to open, like, an egg shop in, like, Summerlin. I think it would be so fun. Or even put one in a resort. I've talked to a few of the chefs here, and they're like, hmm, that would be very interesting to do. Um, that was a really fun point. Also, too, you know, I was really surprised that there's a lot of stores that they have there that we don't have here, like big designer stores. Huh. So it's kind of, when we think that we have everything here in Vegas, there's still a lot of the big names that we don't have. And seeing those names kind of made me think, well, when are we going to get those shops in Vegas? So we definitely don't have a, like as complete of a retail collection, I think, as we think we have. Um, there's definitely room for growth there. Um, and, you know, in terms of, of what people spend there on designer is amazing. You know, um, there it's a, definitely a shopping-driven culture, too. So people will line up for the new Chanel bag. Whereas here, people don't do that, you know. So um, it, it, those, those little interesting points are, you know, ways I think that Vegas can grow. Fascinating. Very cool. Um, well, I'm very excited. I'm even more excited about my trip now, um, having some, some first-person uh, recent insight. So that's great. Um, really, thank you so much for spending uh, a few minutes with us this afternoon. This is really good stuff, and I know that uh, our listeners are really going to appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you, and happy to help. Great. Thank you so much. If people want to follow Ooh. your work on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc., anything you want to point people towards? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, you know, Vegas at Vegas Seven is our uh, publication's name, and we will be um, publishing a cover feature on Macau um, relating to a lot of my experiences on June sixteenth. Uh, we will have that cover story come out. So Vegas Seven, Vegas Rated is our other publication, and then also to my personal social media is at Melinda Shekels. Um, so people could follow any of those things and, and see, see the happenings going on.